Hello everybody, it's Phil, the Issues Guy. Welcome to the Issues Program. And this week, or basically this month, we're going to be doing something very special. This whole month, here at IssuesProgram.com, will be Star Trek Month. And what that means is, all of my podcasts and uh, news stories that I put out, or any things I post, will basically be Star Trek related. I mean, I might have a... If something amazing happens, or I have a lot something to say and something, I might, you know, stretch that. But basically, everything, our direction here, is going to be Star Trek oriented. Those of you who don't know, the new movie, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, I mean, Star Trek JJ Part 2, Lost Part 2, Star Trek Into the Darkness comes out on May 17th, 2013. Now, about a year ago, or whenever they announced the date, I forget when they did. It was a year, year and a half ago. Now, May 17th is my birthday, so I thought that was a sign. A sign from God. <laughs> but I thought it was a sign, and I thought it made sense, because I do a lot of... The usual issues program is me scattering about about a lot of random subjects, but occasionally I do like to pick a specific subject and stick to it for the nature of a whole show. I mean, it's going to be that case when we get into the Breaking Bad episode follow-ups this summer in Sons of Anarchy I'm thinking about doing the same thing with and starting with next season of Walking Dead to give you a real Talking Dead and uh, Ninja Turtles next year. A lot of shows I'm thinking about doing brief live podcasts that instead of posting to the website I'm going to post right up to YouTube so they can be served as sort of commentaries or post-episode commentaries. And this is all basically starting here with Star Trek Month, where, as I mentioned, every episode will be dedicated to some Star Trek theme. Or it might be scatterbrained, depending on when I have guests come in, or I want to have some guests come on or call and talk about their love for Star Trek, their favorite movies, their favorite characters, all sorts of things like that. We're going to be playing a couple games as well with some with some audio stuff with our uh family of the issues program Gotti we're gonna get him in on the action as well I have a very special uh, program dedicated for Gotti to uh to call in and have some audio tests for him we're gonna, we're gonna do something very special I'm excited about that but this week I decided to put a little post up to ask you guys what your favorite Star Trek series was and I got a bunch of answers some people posted them some people emailed me some people commented and and we're going to get into that a bit later and talk about, I think a couple of votes maybe were people making jokes. But what is funny about that is even the joke votes, the I believe we got two joke votes for a, for a series, still one series got zero votes. Mm. If you make the guess now, and you'll hear later in the show, but what is your guess of all the Star Trek series? Which one got zero votes? One got zero votes, one got one vote, as I look at my list, one got zero votes, two got one vote, and uh, the others were somewhat close. We had we had a few votes for one, one more vote for another one, and then the top vote was two more than the other, two or three more than the other two, so we'll get into those results later, but first off, we have for you... Something a bit more personal, I guess. I guess I in this episode, I should really get into what my interests in Star Trek are. How I got to where I am. 
Now, I mentioned a little bit of this in my Garrick video <laughs> that you can find on YouTube. I might as well just become the type of person that sells all his own stuff. You can click like here and push this here, like this and this and this there. Yeah, do it all. Share it with your friends, please. <laughs> but in my Garrick video, I mentioned when I was a kid, my first Star Trek influences, the first I knew of it, were from my two cousins, Gotti and Alan. Both are friends of the show, and I'm going to try to get both of them on here at some point in some way over the course of Star Trek month. Now, both of them were into Star Trek. I wouldn't say in different ways because I didn't get too deep into it, but I definitely knew that Gotti was a little bit more into it at the time. Um, Alan knew a lot about it, but I remember Gotti having toys, having a couple of the costume type things having a few props here and there, and uh, I remember him having a Star Trek group of friends where they'd get together and watch videos and do, I don't know, just a, a forum and discuss all the ideas in the movies. I was more, I guess, based towards where Alan was. I watched a couple of the movies and I liked it. I saw Star Trek Four, like everybody else did in the world, basically, and like the whales, thought it was funny, thought that was Star Trek specifically, that there nothing else was it, and I started to watch some of the old episodes of the original series, but that didn't, at the time, it didn't quite grab me. Maybe I didn't have as good of an imagination as I needed to, needed to or maybe I hadn't seen the new technology and been able to look back on where it started. You know, I hadn't seen Next Generation yet, and it hadn't changed me in some extent, and even more so to Deep, Deep Space Nine. But I'm jumping over the hen before I kill it, so. <laughs> I remember specifically the first Star Trek movie, or the first thing I went, I did go as a very young kid into the theater at the Surf Theater in my local town. It doesn't exist anymore. It got torn down soon after this. And I saw Star Trek II there. I believe it was Star Trek II. I'm trying to remember. I remember Kirstie Alley being in there and having a very young crush on Kirstie Alley. I, I probably had a crush on her all the way through Cheers. And then sometime during the television, the movie Madhouse with John Larroquette, something happened in the middle of that movie that made me start to find her unattractive. I can't quite put my penis on it, but it's there somewhere. But as I mentioned, I had two big Star, Star Trek influences in my life. I had Alan who was more of, I'd say he was more of just a fan of comic books and sci-fi and that sort of universe as a whole at the time, at least to my perception. Uh, they can, when I have them on, they can tell you what their real perspectives were at the time. But as a young kid looking up to my cousins, I thought of I thought of Gotti as the straight Star Trek fan, and he liked a lot of other stuff too, but he was, all, he was talking to me a lot about it, a lot about directly Star Trek, where Alan would have Transformers toys, talk to me about Star Wars, talk to me about comic books, superheroes, all sorts of stuff. It was more, Star Trek was one of those many things that he appreciated. And I think as time went on that, you know, everybody gets into a lot, everything. You know, at the time, I remember watching Quantum Leap quite a bit. I was way into Quantum Leap at the time, and that was my favorite show in the world, that and The Greatest American Hero. It's, it's weird how things change. So I did see Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan in the theater, and but I did it didn't I was very young at the time, I, I think. I'm pretty sure I was too young to really retain the information. The the main things I remember about the surf, surf theater is seeing Superman, see, seeing seeing Return of the Jedi, and seeing Star Trek II. I remember images. I don't necessarily remember 
remember my movie experiences. My first movie experience I remember is with my mom, as all my cousins will remember the stories when we saw Jaws 4 in 3D and, and that part where the little bone of the kid floats in the water and, and it was 3D. It was like in the theater. It was, ah! My mother literally jumped out of her seat and almost hit the ceiling. It was pretty, quite, quite amusing. Quite, quite, quite funny. Needless to say, I didn't really remember it. That's when I say the first Star Trek I really remember seeing is Star Trek IV, uh, Voyage Home. And I remember that being very funny, the double dumbass on you, all that sort of stuff. Really, really got the little kid in me that liked the cursing and like the odd size of it, you know. The odd scenes with Scotty, the odd scenes with Sula. Like, I enjoyed all that. The, The hospital scene at the end with McCoy was my favorite part of the movie. So then, as I mentioned, I went back and watched the original series, and it just didn't quite click for me. I still love the actors. I mean, how can you not love William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly? You know, you, you can't not love the three of them. And then all the other ones are such great personalities. Chekhov, Walter Koning, Michelle uh, Nichols, and of course, the great George Takei and James Duhon. Like, they were all great character actors and fitting each one of their roles so well. But I couldn't. My young mind couldn't grap, couldn't grapple around what was going on in screen with the special effects and things like that. It looked very weird to me. I did at that point in time start to watch the animated series, and I love the animated series. I love the anim- at the time. I loved the animated series way more than the original series, and that kind of kept me going a little bit. I remember getting a Star Trek comic book that kind of I liked a, a Spock toy, you know, you know, little things like that. But I was never a huge fan. It never grabbed me, you know, never never got into my blood where I would have to watch it, you know, and really need it. So then, I remember going to the movie theater. <laughs> it was one of the first times going to the movie theater without my mom, I think, besides friends or going with, like, family. It was one of those, one of the early times I remember going somewhere with one of my cousins um, I eventually went to go see a lot of movies with my cousins. Went saw Wayne's World with my cousin David, but this was Star Trek V, the God one, yeah. And I saw that with Gotti and I think his friend Kim. I think that was who was there. There may have been a couple other people there as well. And the theme came up, and and I watched it at the time as a kid, and as a kid, I I I didn't hate it. I. I didn't like it as much as the other ones the other ones I had seen, but I thought it was decent enough. I remember them being kind of disappointed and being like, hey, that's not quite as good. Uh, but I was like, oh, that was awesome. I love that line at the end. I need my pain. You know, and I, and I, and I used to quote that randomly to people, you know, that weren't Star Trek fans. And quote that movie and talk about, you know, the scenes I loved when they were out in the wilderness and, you know, that Spock had a brother. You know, like all this shit that now pisses me off about that movie. You know, I do like the beginning. I like the bookends of that movie. Other than that, the, the big chunk, the Oreo cookie cream filling in the middle of that sucks. But the two cookies on the end of Star Trek V, I, I kind of enjoy. I enjoy the campfire scenes. They're easy to rib on now, but to me, that's perfect triad that's the perfect triad situation seeing the three of them interact doing their thing i i i can't i can't get enough of that little scenes like that in the scene in the middle of them talking the i need my pain where you get to see spock and mccoy's pain and all that stuff that i mean shittily put together movie 
but there are some good scenes in it. And I think as a kid, you know, I'm not really with a critical mind about movies and about television at that point. Real, it's more, do I like this or do I like this? I'm still, to a point, that's how I judge stuff. It's, whether it's music I'm making, whether it's videos or podcasts or anything, I my judge isn't by technical standards. It's, do I like this or not? Can I listen to this and smile? Or does this make me, cr- is this cringeworthy, as I put it? If it's cringeworthy, it needs to be changed or needs to be ignored or needs to make sure you keep going and you don't, and you don't look, look back on it too much. And I guess I feel that way about television too, hence why I like some bad shows, why I watch some bad reality television at times and I watch bad TV as well as good programming. People are like, what do you mean good and bad? Meaning I watch Glee and I also watch Breaking Bad. You know, I watch How I Met Your Mother and I also watch Survivor. You might be like, which one of those is good? Shut up. <laughs> But so I saw Star Trek V, and I appreciated it a little bit more than some people did in that situation. And I went around quoting it. And for a while, this was, you know, what I knew about Star Trek. And I'd talk to my friends. Star Trek wasn't big amongst kids in my age group at that time. We're in the roaring 80s here, where everyone's in, everyone's alpha betas from the Revenge of the Nerds. You know, that's the cool thing going on. You know, me, I'm sitting talking about Lord of the Ring cartoons and... And, uh, you know, my Spider-Man cartoons and people are looking, why, why, why don't you like, why don't you like sports? And I like sports, especially basketball. And I got into football more in my life. And when I was younger, I was a little bit into baseball. I mean, I, I knew a lot of the statistics on it because everyone else was. But, I mean, I was always into everything. You know, why not? And th- that never made sense to me at the time. Why can you not appreciate football and Star Trek? I mean, it's like that now, but. Back then in alphabet beta country, it was you had to pick sides. And it's still, I guess it's like that to a certain extent still now. But for the most part, you know, back then it was really difficult to be multifaceted in your interests. You had to be very, you, you, you were like, like, like in Arrested Development when, when uh, the dad is in prison. He's like, oh, I need to pick a, pick a group in prison to go with Haitians. Made a last minute push. It's things like that, you know. You gotta, you gotta pick your crew and roll with them when you're young in school sometimes. But I was into Star Trek and I talked about that stuff, and I talked about Star Trek Five and all that. Then Next Generation came out somewhere around that time, and I remember some people talking a lot of shit about it. I remember the TV Guide article about it, but I also remember Gotti being interested in it and coming over to my house sometimes because he'd spend a lot of time with my grandmother and and we would uh and he'd watch it he'd put it on and I'd have it on there and at the first I'm not gonna lie I hated it I mean looking back now I see why I hated it the first season isn't anywhere near as good as seasons three and on when uh I believe Michael Pilar started taking over more of the show but I might be wrong about the names but I know they had a new direction starting in season three and and one of the guys who eventually went to deep space nine was more influential in the show from seasons three on but i didn't like it the only episode i really remember is in season two when pulaski came on i remember specifically <laughs> a guy talking so much shit about pulaski and then i remember sitting down watching the episode she almost dies in 
and uh, everyone went, and it was with a few people, it was with a few of his friends, and I believe Alan was there too, and they were all cheering along to have Pulaski die. <laughs> They're like, no, we want her off the show. So I started paying attention more to that character, and then she like started trashing Data, and I was like, oh, that's stupid. And I didn't connect that Data was the same guy from Night Court that I loved, the hillbilly from Night Court. So, but I wasn't into Star Trek. Then around that time is when I started to watch all the other movies. I saw six. I saw one, which I didn't love so much. Uh, I saw two and three. Three I really liked. I actually liked three with Christopher Lloyd. It's not a great movie, but it's enjoyable. I would say the only two of the original series movies I do not enjoy completely are one and five. And honestly, I would say I enjoy five more than one. I can argue that I can see the argument that one is a better movie, but number five is more fun to me. One's a tough movie to watch. I remember that was the one that I that I hadn't that I took the longest to watch. It was the last one I saw, which is funny. It's the first one, but it was the last one I saw. And I was, I didn't see it till I'd say maybe a couple of years ago, like, uh, within five years ago. And I was working at the time I was working at a uh, campus job on a college. And as some of you out there might know, sometimes those campus jobs, you have a lot of time and the library had been shut down at my college. So we were doing at the campus center where I worked, we were doing overnights at, as the guys decided to do overnights for the, for the kids to study during finals week. And he asked a few of us if we wanted to work the overnight shift, get paid a little extra. And uh, we had a lot of free time on our hands. So on some of those overnights, I decided, oh, okay, I'm going to watch uh, movies. You know, I'll stream movies or, you know, watch the DVDs of movies. And I got Star Trek 1. <laughs> And I sat down to watch Star Trek 1, and I passed out. And I tried to watch it again. And it, I mean, I, the parts in it that are pretty good are good, but the, I find the acting kind of wooden. You can tell when you hear the cast talk about it. A lot of that had to do with the uncomfortable, how uncomfortable the uniforms were. It, I know what they were going for. It's talked about a lot. Space Odyssey was a really big influential movie on the landscape and and they saw that being successful and they were like we can do that and they tried to make Star Trek into that but what got lost in it is I think the single most important thing about Star Trek and especially when dealing with the original cast fun is the most important thing it needs to be fun and Star Trek 1 wasn't fun to me so I had watched all the movies, and I really had become one of those people that was like, I don't like this new cast. I don't appreciate the show. I like the original cast. Screw these guys. Screw these guys. I'm going home. <laughs> but, the, and I felt that way up until probably the early 2000s and stuff like that. And then when I went back to college at North Shore Community College, I met a friend. And this friend was probably one of the more interesting girls I've met in my life in some of the things she is interested in. What the hell did I just... I don't even know what I just did on my phone. <laughs> my phone went weird and then buzzed up some weird picture of a turkey. I don't know. Can't, can't quite explain that. <laughs> so I met this interesting person, and she was one of the first people I'd met that was that was 
into a lot of the same stuff I was into. Not the first first person, that's weird to say. But she was younger, she was, you know, a lot younger than me. She was she just graduated high school. She was into Star Trek, she was into Back to the Future, she was into Ninja Turtles, into video games. She was the first, I guess, the first real gamer chick I met. I'm not saying she was the first ever, obviously not. There are many people out there like, yeah, me, 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 me. I'm, I'm sure all of you were. But she was the first one I really met. You know, the and, and I was like overwhelmed. And we became friends. We, we did a lot of theater shows together with me and a bunch of other great people that I hope to have a reunion with sometimes, at some point. And some of them were also Star Trek fans, like Tim. Um, was another big one, and again, I'm going to try to get him on there. I do have some information from Stephanie, the other girl, that the girl I was talking about, and uh, I might not be able to get her on this year, but at some point, hopefully, I'll get her on the air to talk some Star Trek. Uh, but at least I'll probably get some commentary from her that I can translate, you know, com- Facebook comments and things like that. But Tim, I'm going to try to get him on Star Trek Month sometime to talk about it. And so I started talking about it more. And I was quoting Star Trek Five, and they were like looking at each other, looking at me going, what the hell is wrong in Star Trek Five? That movie sucks. And then I'm like, oh, it sucks. Ooh. And they're both Next Generation fans. And at that time, anyways, at least I thought. And that's what their favorite Star Treks were or whatever. And... They started informing me I should really give Next Generation a a better shot. So I started watching Next Generation, and pretty soon I got way into it. I can't lie. I got into watching it, and I got into Data. Data became my favorite character initially. I liked Data. I liked Worf, and then eventually, of course, Patrick Stewart's greatness just comes on super strong, and you realize finally, or I realized finally how awesome Patrick Stewart is, and... And then everything just started to make sense. The whole cast started to not piss me off. Riker started to seem less like a soap opera actor to me, and I could see his personality in there. Uh, I never warmed up to Troy. Uh, I I realized Jordy was reading Rainbow, and I'm like, oh my god, I love him. <laughs> I still I still always no. I'll get to this in a second. I wish, always wish someone else was the main engineer, and Jordy was like the pilot or something like that, like he was in the first season. Kind of stayed on the uh, bridge, and and someone else they had in the cast that I think is my one of my fav- my second favorite engineer. Uh, but we'll get to him in a second. So then, spending time with Stephanie and Tim. I, w- I got very attached to Next Generation, and I started talking about how Next Generation is great. It's you know I like it. I still don't like it quite as good as the original original cast, the original cast movies, because of the chemistry between the characters. I love the characters. I still don't find that in Next Generation the characters are quite as compelling. So Stephanie is like, no, no, no. This is why you need to watch Deep Space Nine. And I'm like, Deep Space Nine? No way. I saw I saw commercials for that. I'm not going to watch Deep Space Nine. That seems boring. No way. No Deep Space Nine for me. No, no, no. I'm like some horrible kid that doesn't want to try anything new. And she's like, no, no, no. You're going to love this character. Garrick, uh, uh, Quark, Garrick's my favorite character. And she starts talking about Garrick and Jadzir. And she's like talking all about it. And honestly, at that point in time, I think I started to like go, no, 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 you know, making fun of it or something like that. I'm like, I'm not watching that show. I fucking hate the Cardassians. I, the Ferengi? You mean those stupid motherfuckers in Next Generation that pop up every once in a while? I don't want to deal with a show where one of them's the main character. Screw that. You know, the... Yeah, I'm not watching that show. <laughs> the only thing I kind of was interested in somewhat is I was a Spencer for Hire fan, so the fact that Hawk was in it made me uh, made me a little bit warmer to the idea. You know, I was like, oh, Hawk's in it? Oh, maybe I'll watch that. 
But I did not give it a shot at all. I was like, screw this. I'm not watching it. And I just would watch Next Generation a lot and would sort of marathon all of Next Generation that I could watch when it was on. I want to say it was the Sci-Fi Network. It was on like for four hours during the day. This is right before the streaming era. So then the streaming era comes around. TVLinks.com or whatever that site was. It floats up. This is many years later. I'm going to college in Salem and spending a lot of time by myself. A lot of time stuck in my room. Doing nothing. Nothing, honey. <laughs> and and having to pick something to watch. I'm sitting there looking for something that has all the episodes. And I look. I'm like, oh, I've never actually watched every single episode of Next Generation. I've only been able to catch the episodes I could that are on television. So... I probably missed stuff. I wonder if there's a storyline to the whole thing. So I watched it from beginning to end, and there's a couple of ongoing storylines, but mainly there's some episode arcs. There's not really, except for maybe the Q storyline, there's not really, and, and even that's vague. It doesn't, I mean, he shows up a few times along the way, but it's more the bookends of it. Uh, Farpoint and All Good Things kind of connect in a way, but not kind of, they do connect in a way. But it's not like that's really mentioned along the way. I I get. I can accept the fact that there is the Q arc is next generation's re, true arc of a story. But I don't think it's. Well, we'll get to this in a second. So I get through next generation, and I'm like, oh, I'm hungry for more Star Trek. What? Should I watch the movies again? Should I try the original series? I try the original series again. I appreciate it a little bit more. Watch the whole original series. Like it. It can't. It doesn't get me on. It doesn't make me rewatch except for a couple episodes here and there. But not like. And then I'd find myself rewatching Next Generation episodes. So then it occurs to me. I, I It just pops in my head one night while I'm looking at things. I go, oh, well, almost all of Deep Space Nine is here. That girl. That girl I used to be friends with told me Deep Space Nine was really really good okay I'll give it a shot and I gave and I gave Deep Space Nine a shot I was almost um, I'd say like about the third episode in I mentioned this again in my Garrick video once Garrick hit the scene in episode I want to say it was two my past prologue might have been the second episode uh after Emissary I mean even Emissary a lot of people say the first few seasons of Deep Space Nine and, and I'll say it the first two seasons similar to Next Generation are a little slower a little different than the what the series ultimately becomes that being said I think there are great episodes in both seasons my problem with the seasons are Avery Brooks doesn't quite seem to feel comfortable in the role until seasons th season three and the other thing is it's a little bit too much focus on the Bajorans but there's so much payoff of that in the end. You needed to lay those seeds that you do in seasons one and two of Deep Space Nine to sh to for the story to explode in such a cinematic way like it did. And I think that's the that's the greatness of Deep Space Nine. It, in the first two seasons, it lays a lot of seeds and it waits for them to grow. They start to spread a little bit in season three and then starting in season four, it is like the growth. Someone poured some mutagen on that shit and it's like, Bam! And from seasons four to the end of season seven, some people will say season seven drops off a little bit. Not me. I love season seven just as much. There are episodes in every season that I think are throwaway episodes, but except for maybe five and six. I don't know there's not many throwaways in five or six, but seven to me closes up the show pretty freaking amazing. I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 
I, I have barely any complaints about season seven of Deep Space Nine. I can get into that later, but so I watched Deep Space Nine. I'd say on rinse repeat. I sent that girl an email. I'm like, God damn you, you were right. This show is amazing. And then I start to think, wow, two of the one of the characters, the big character of the show is is uh, Miles, Miles Edward O'Brien, one of the Osirans from Next Generation. How was he not the engineer on Next Generation? He would have been a much better engineer than Geordi, for Christ's sake. Sorry, that's a little personal problem I have. Would he have been too much person? And I guess that's the thing. The miles you get on Deep Space Nine, um, Keiko comes with him too as well, which is one of my least favorite characters on Deep Space Nine and on Next Generation as well, just for the, just for the record. She can go back to being the principal at the OC, as far as I care. I think it's the OC. It's one of those horrible teen dramas she's a, uh, she's a, she's a teacher in. But <laughs> I got obsessed with Deep Space Nine. Like, truly, truly obsessed. And would watch it, watch the whole series, I'd say about five or six times, right there in that, in that stretch. All seven seasons, five or six times. And just start preaching the Deep Space Nine train. Like Next Generation, Next Generation's awesome, don't get me wrong, but Deep Space Nine does what I want it to do. It, ha- it has character growth, depth of story, uh, a really deep, integrated storyline that I think influenced a lot of dramatic television shows, not just sci-fi, for years to come. You know, shows like The Sopranos, shows like Sons of Anarchy, shows like Breaking Bad, I Yes, I think Deep Space Nine had an influence on Lost. All I think Deep Space Nine had an influence on all those shows. Yeah, shut up, you Babylon 5 fans. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but it's I've seen Babylon 5, and I like it, but it's no Deep Space Nine. I don't care if an idea was inspired by you by them presenting the story to the Deep to Star Trek to be like, oh, you should produce the series. It should be a Star Trek series or whatever. Produce the series. And they were like, no, 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 no. And they used it. They're like, well, but this isn't a bad idea. And then they kind of went their own thing. Some people would say that's stealing. Then, I don't know, the first computers were stolen then because people, no, oh, whatever. Everything's stolen. Deal with it. <laughs> I know, that's such a horrible perspective, but I don't care because I like Deep Space Nine better than Babylon 5. There I said it. Two tears in the bucket. Fuck it. I know you, you Bab Five fans are gonna kill me, lynch me for this, but because I know that's the that's the thing. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> it's like you just call it. Be like, oh no, Deep Space Nine's a copycat show. It just wants to be Babylon Five, even in the numbers. See Babylon Five, Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, and all I have to say is you have Bobby Wheeler on your damn show. Shut up. Bobby Wheeler was a main character. I loved his favorite, his best show was Celebrity Rehab though. I mean, out of all the things that he was in, Celebrity Rehab was the best. It is a shame that well, I guess we wouldn't have before because of Andy Kaufman, but that's a that's way more of a tragedy than uh, than Bobby Wheeler there, James Conway, yeah, Conway. I mean, don't get me wrong, any death is sad. I'm not laughing at him passing. I know people are going to laugh when I die. Like, ah, the stupid issues guy. He's got issues now. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> but. <laughs> but that guy killed himself. You know? That guy didn't have to do the drugs, didn't have to do the shit that he did. And I know he faced a bum rap, had bad operations, things like that. So, yeah, I watched Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. <laughs> he's, he's got a bad batting average. Okay, back to Star Trek. I could talk about Celebrity Rehab. I spent a whole episode on Celebrity Rehab and 
Star Trek connections to Celebrity Rehab. <laughs> That's next week, folks. So yeah, I got obsessed with Deep Space Nine. Just started preaching to the choir. And that's around the time where I started the Issues program on Salem State Radio. And I believe I mentioned Deep Space Nine quite a bit there. But I couldn't quite vocalize why I loved it so much. So then after that was all over, I decided to give Voyager a try. And um, needless to say, I, I just I could never get into Voyager. I, I still keep wanting to go back and give it a try. Some, some of the people that... This isn't a case of the last one was the best, because I really have given Voyager a try. I, I'd say there are some good episodes. I like a few of the characters. I love the Doctor. I like Seven of Nine in some episodes. Uh, Chicote can be okay, I guess. I, I do like Tuvok. I can't stand Janeway. Can't stand Neelix. Can't stand the Klingon Bajoran chick that what's... I'm blanking on her name. Can't stand Harry Kim. Can't stand Paris. I like those are all the characters I can't stand, and that outweighs the ones I I like. Chakotay, I like him, but he always has so little to do in the show, and the episodes that are dedicated to him are boring as hell. I think the only saving grace, the only reason that I made it through Voyager, was the Doctor when it really came down to it, because he was freaking hilarious, amazing. Amazing. And and what's really even more incredible is that it was able to take me away from another character that he played that was a big influence in my life, the gym teacher on The Wonder Years, who reminded me a little great deal of gym teachers I had had in my past and, and was very kind of stuck in my mind, like the guy that plays Edward... Uh, the Dean of Students, what's his, Edward Rooney, Dean of Students in Ferris Bueller. When I saw him in Howard the Duck, I'm like, oh, that's Edward R. Rooney, Dean of Students. Like, that's who he is. He never was able to break out of that. Even when he was Eddie Bazoon in The uh, Devil's Advocate, he still was, or it's the devil in sta- the devil's bitch in Stay Tuned. Whatever he was in, he was Edward R. Rooney, Dean of Students. This guy was able to become two classic television characters. I give credit to any star that can do that. Even people like Sylvester Stallone, who, who's a better actor than people give him credit for. But my point is, he's Rocky and Rambo. That's tough to do. To be too, to not every, every time I see Rambo, I'm not going, go Rocky! And other way around, I'm not equating the two. Harrison Ford has three of those characters that I can think of. The the uh, Air Force One character guy that I'm blanking on his name because I'm not as familiar with those movies. And then obviously Han Solo and Indiana Jones. I mean, these people are... Having that character actor ability is, is really quite amazing to me. You can see the same thing with uh, on Deep Space Nine with Brunt and Wayun being the same person. Back to Deep Space Nine. So I gave Voyager a shot. I just, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get into it. So then I'd say around that time, maybe a few years earlier, I'm blending my time periods. A new show came on the air called Enterprise. And as I had pre-mentioned earlier in the episode today, I was pr- I was obs- pretty obsessed and pretty crazily into Quantum Leap. And I found out that the main actor on the show that was playing Captain Archer was going to be none other than <laughs> Scott Bakula. I also like Necessary Roughness. I want to mention that the Next Generation films came out all in the all in the mitts, and I did see them all. And and around this period of time is when I saw them all as well. And I appreciate each one of them for certain sections. I'd say 
honestly my least favorite of all of them is Insurrection. I find that just the most, it seems the most like, why is this a movie? It, it just like a giant, and a lot of people have said this, it just seems like a giant episode. It didn't need to be a movie. I feel like I've seen that episode before. In fact, I think I have. I want to say there is an episode almost exactly like it on the show. I don't hate Generations as much as a lot of people do. I wish it was a little different. You know, I kind of wish, and I mentioned this before to other people, I wish that when they did the Next Generation movies, aside from Generations, I understand why they did what they did with that movie. But I'd say from from First Contact on, even though that's that's my favorite of the Next Generation movies, First Contact, as an action movie. It's just a good action movie, or I enjoy it as a good action movie. But I really wanted the the next generation movies to be not next generation, to be Berman Universe movies, to have all the characters featured in it, have, you know, not just the next generation cast be the stars, include Voyager and include Deep Space Nine characters. I think that would have made this the the film series more successful, because I don't think you have enough excuse me, standout characters in Next Generation to carry a movie. You have to write the script very specific for it, but if you had had Ben Sisko in there, the return of Ben Sisko mixed in with, you know, Quark, Quark on screen cracking people up in, in a bigger part for Garrick, uh, Julian being, you know, being a part of it, O'Brien being a part of all those things, as well as Worf, bridging the gap between the two cats, I mean... I get why First Contact was just a Star Trek The Next Generation movie, and I get why Generations was a Passing the Torch movie, and you did the Shaq crossover type thing. I mean, I probably might have enjoyed that movie even more if it was... I'm listening to the Book of Tape right now, and there's a little bit... There's a lot more that happened in the first half of that, in the Kirk Age, before before he goes on the ship and stuff to bridge the two movies, and I wish they had... They were going to do it, do it up, and really make it half Next Generation, half old generation movie, a legitimate passing the torch movie that wasn't just treating anyone but Kirk in that script as background characters, which is why McCoy and Spock, Forrest Kelly and Leonard Nimoy refused to do it, and why you have Scotty and, and Chekhov, and Chekhov, you know, playing basically caricatures of Spock and McCoy, you know, in the way that Chekhov turns it, oh, you grab those other, you and us, congratulations. Sorry, that was the worst Russian accent ever. But Next Generation moves after First Contact, because you need to deal with the whole Borg thing. You want the Borg to be a big scare. And I know you had the Defiant in there, but I understand that movie not being a complete thing. You know, not being not being the whole universe. But starting an insurrection, when you don't really have much to say for the Next Generation cast, that's when you bring in Deep Space Nine. You include... The Return of Cisco, the Dominion coming back. You have a Dominion movie. You just topped off a great action movie. So now raise the stakes again where it's somehow the, you know, Odo's left the Great Link because he realizes that the Dominion's been using him to brainwash him to whatever, to learn about humans' weaknesses again. Or, you know, like, whatever. Like, you, you could concoct some story. The Enterprise has to come. And, and in the midst of that is when we see Voyager coming back. You... you you put a cliffhanger at the end of Voyager where, you know, you don't know what happens to Voyager. And that's when Voyager comes in at the last minute. You know, there's another wormhole or so. I don't know. I'm, I'm rewriting, but there was a story there. 
And then if you want to top off the whole thing with a movie like friggin' God, I'm blanking on the last uh, the last movie title of Next Generation, Nemesis. I did not freeze and go and look. I actually pop- it popped into my head, which I think was some poor poor casting. As much as I love Tom Hardy and I think he put on a great performance, that should have been Patrick Stewart playing both parts. I think if that movie was to be completely successful, and B4 should have been somehow been lore. Lore. Not B4. Lore. Lore. <laughs> but Dr. Sung's perchance for, for whimsical names never feats an end. Shut the fuck. B4, that's so stupid. But, but, but I did, again, Nemesis was a decent action movie. Nothing more. It's a shame that that was the last, because they obviously had planned for Data to, to resurface in before, and in the pre-comics to the J.J. Abrams movie, and also the Star Trek online video game, which both theoretically continue, continue the storyline, Data is back as before. It makes me wonder if they do the Star Trek series with Worf, if, uh, if Data will be in it or mentioned as returning at any point in time and what other cameos you will get from Next Generation cast members. It's interesting to think of, or that's an interesting thought, or that I'm wondering if that series even gets greenlit. I mean, because I don't know. Is J.J. not done with Star Trek after this movie because he's going to go to Star, Star Wars now? Or, I mean, will there be a Star Trek 3 with this cast? Or did they use this so they could try to go back to TV? And then maybe in a few years get back together to do a Star Trek 3 if there's enough demand for it, depending on how good this movie does. It's, a, it's one, it's, I'm curious, it's curious to see. So, Enterprise, back to when I watched Enterprise. Right at the theme song, I tuned myself out. I could not deal with that freaking theme song. I'm sorry, that's where they lost me. And I never could get back in. And I must admit, I've never given Enterprise a good shot. Uh, someone mentioned on the boards, and we'll talk about this in a few here when I get into the list, someone did recently has gotten into a little bit of a, uh, you should get into Enterprise. And I understand that Enterprise is probably, if we had a, is the most like Deep Space Nine at times than any of the other series where you have longer drawn out storylines in the ender the later seasons and in Enterprise's defense it didn't have the length of time that the other series had to really flesh out the problems in the way that Next Generation and Deep Space Nine were both allowed and by that point Voyager was just sort of an automatic pilot so they never really faced the same problems that the other two series did in figuring out what the hell they each one was apart from the the one previous because Next Generation had to figure out at first the first couple seasons are so much like trying to be the original series, and that's what the problem it was until season three that it became its own show. I mean, season two, two episodes like Measure of a Ma- season two as well. Excuse not two, two uh, episodes like Measure of a Man, things like that really showed where the show where this could be a different type of program than than the original series. In Deep Space Nine, the same way, the first few season two seasons of Deep Space Nine. You know, it doesn't quite have the signature look that Deep Space Nine has. It's a little bit to the actors. I feel like they didn't know if they what they were trying to do quite yet. This, I think the writers did, but I'm not sure the actors understood it. I don't think the actors were drinking the Kool-Aid quite yet. Or, except for maybe a few of them. I, I mean, I definitely think someone like Bashir's character showed immense character growth throughout the series. And you really, and he was giving it his all right from the get-go. You know, so much piss and vinegar in that guy. So, 
then came, you know, the announcement that there would be no more Star Trek movies and Enterprise was canceled and it looked like it was dark days for Star Trek. Womp, womp, womp. And like a bird of savior. And around that time, also, there was rumor of an Excelsior series with, with George Takei and Christian Slater. And a lot of other programs and a lot of reboot ideas that I heard floating around out there. But then finally, a little series called Lost was a huge success. J.J. Abrams became a very hot commodity in the, in the industry and was a Star Trek fan. And tab A into slot B, we get Star Trek 09, was it? Am I right about the year? I might be wrong about the year. But the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, which was a good movie. It was a reboot. I personally would have rather something in the future, but I can't really complain about it. I liked it. It was not necessarily the Star Trek I remembered, but it was entertaining. It was a good watch, and I'm looking forward to the next movie. You know, I like the interactions between the the characters. Uh, I think they're more of an ensemble cast than the original series ever really was, where the where the where you had an ensemble cast, but then you had three stars. I feel in the first movie they do a good job of establishing everybody. Um, I don't, but I'd say the problem that I see happening, and I wonder if this is, and it hit they. It's kind of like that in the first movie. I did say that I think it's a good ensemble piece, but it seems Spock Kirk heavy, obviously, because you hear you learn about their history. The original series was built on the triad, not two legs. And I just hope this movie brings, not that McCoy was lacking in the first movie, but I see a trend and I hope it, they don't they don't go too far down that road with McCoy, that they don't make, that they make him his own entity and not include him in the interactions between Spock and uh, Kirk. It seemed like I didn't really feel, I mean, there were scenes, but I didn't really feel the rivalry. And I want to feel that rivalry between between McCoy and Spock because it was so important to the original series and the original cast chemistry. And and I'd say very much important, very important to the success of Star Trek. And in fact, Leonard Nimoy, in a lot of ways, credits obviously William Shatner joining the cast, but but says even when Shatner joined, it wasn't quite right yet. It wasn't until DeForest Kelly came on that really what the show was, the their the identity took shape. And I like most of the decisions made by JJ. I don't mind changes uh, for the sake of entertainment sake and for the sake of cinema or today's cinema, you know, making Spock and Ahura have sort of a love thing going on. That's, I mean, you need to do that. You need a love story somewhere in there and you didn't really do a Kirk one. So you needed something in there for sexiness. You needed to put Zachary Quinto and the hot girl they got in there. Zoe something is her name. Uh, They needed to, they needed to make it all hot and heavy for all the heroes fans that were, uh, that, Still wishing Zachary Quinto wasn't gay. <laughs> oh no, say it ain't so, Spock. Say it ain't so, Siler. Yep, sorry, girls. He doesn't play for the team. <laughs> so that brings me basically to now, where I'm really excited for the new Star Trek movie. I am someone that would call myself a deep, deep, deep Star Trek fan. I'm not 
like obsessed collector. I do like wearing t-shirts, some jewelry, you know, like things that represent my my trectum. I do watch it a lot and uh, constantly rewatch things. Uh, but and it is one of my favorite entertainment resources. But I am and I'm listening to a lot of books on tape that are Star Trek. So maybe I do have a problem. No, I don't have a problem. <laughs> but I do miss the golden era of Star Trek that I see as, and that's the period of time when Next Generation and Deep Space Nine were both going strong. And I hope we reach a day like that where Star Trek's back on television, because as much as I enjoy the movies, I really think it's Star Trek is at its best when it's on TV. And I think especially in this landscape of the way entertainment is these days, that television is a much... I like the medium better than cinema these days. I mean, not that I don't love great movies. I think a great movie will always outshine a great television sh- series. Like it, like a great, truly great movie. Not just the best movie of the year. I don't think every year has truly great movies. But I think there are some really good films. But I mean, like, epically amazing film. I'm trying, I want to think of an example, but not just blurt something out. Wrath of Khan's an example. <laughs> the Godfather's an example. Uh, Carlito's Way, like truly, truly amazing, great, great movies. I'm trying to think of the la- the, the last one I saw in the theater, Limitless. I found that I found that an amazingly great movie. Yeah, my great movies might not be what your great movies are, but you know, my taste is my taste, your taste is your taste. But my point is that I find that you know a great movie will outweigh a great television series, but certain. Things are better in their medium. Yeah, do I enjoy the original cast in movies better than their series? Yes, to an extent, but that part of that's because of the cinematic brilliance of William Shatner. The fact that he is such a movie, he's such a, a star of epic proportion. I don't see anybody on this new cast that, that has that kind of gravitas. There's very few people in the history of Hollywood that have that kind of gravitas that William Shatner does. He's just bigger than life. Literally. But I think Star Trek works better on television. I want it to come back to TV. I want, in this landscape of the television world, a new Star Trek series. Do I want it to be this Worf series that might happen? Maybe. Worf wasn't always my favorite character, but if you have Worf, then we can go... Then we haven't... Then Nemesis isn't the last thing we see from my favorite Star Trek universe. That world. The next generation Deep Space Nine Voyager, even though they were in the Delta Quadrant, that world of Star Trek I find is the most rich. The original series has the characters, you know, for what they were, but that world isn't quite as fleshed out of what it is. We know what we've we had three series that examined it, two specifically, and and one that threw a lot of technical jargon and random encounters in there. But but through those three three series, we have th- we have twenty one seasons of show of of programming that that we know so much about that time period. And and then we also have uh, Generations, First Contact, Insurrection, and Nemesis. We have four movies that are from that world as well, where, where that's how we know, you know, Admiral Janeway, Janeway is now an admiral when he talks to her at the end of uh, Nemesis. I just don't want Nemesis to be the last thing we hear that's canon from that universe. I want to see more from it. So that's why I'm rooting for the Worf series. And I know you're not going to get Chris Pine to do a television series. You might get, you, you theoretically could get Quinto, depending on 
how much success he has in movies outside of these two universes. I mean, he was on Heroes. I don't see him not going back to television for the right deal, but I think it might be tough to get some get that whole cast to a television series unless it was again a very specific like a mini series type thing. I think you'd have to go either Berman universe or in the future or a different ship in that universe, not necessarily the Enterprise. But then you run into a whole different problem of a Star Trek series without being the Enterprise. Yeah, my favorite one is like that. But with the success of the movie, they're going to probably want to parlay some of that success into it. And because of that, you need to carry over something. But who knows? They might keep this universe going in movies and then give us something else for a television series, which would be pretty exciting. So, guys, we've almost reached the end of our first episode of Star Trek Month. I want, Like I said, I wanted to make this episode me telling you about my love for Star Trek and my knowledge base, so to speak. I'm not like a super trivia person, but I would be, I consider myself very well versed in the world of Star Trek and what makes it what it is. And, and I, I hope in some way I was able to show you guys through my stories and through my talking here, what I love about it and why it's like so important in my life. It is, it is Deep Space Nine, especially you know, I think deals with a lot of really important themes, love, believing in yourself, being true to your own personality, not stretching out its outside, you know, to conform too much. You know, and that's what I love about characters like Quark and Odo. I mean, it, it says a lot. It said a lot, especially in the time period where I was watching it, where I was going through a lot of crap. It really helped me out. But now, folks, to close out the show, let's get into our poll that uh, you guys participated in. Now, you guys, I asked you to vote your favorite Star Trek serieses. Series. Serieses. <laughs> you, you and your serieses. I just realized I put a bottle of soda in the freezing freezer a little while ago. I hope it's not frozen. I just wanted it to become cold. <laughs> See, that's what... I want holodeck technology so I can just get Coke Zero, ice cold, with no ice. And just, bam. So... <laughs> Now, the series I put up there, obviously, are Deep Space Nine, Star Trek The Next Generation, Original Series, Voyager, Enterprise, and the Animated Series. Now, let's start with uh, who we got, who got two votes here. One vote I judge as a joke. The other vote I think the kid was being serious. Two votes for the Animated Series. The Animated Series, as I mentioned, was one of my early favorites. If you haven't seen it, it is on Netflix right now. You can watch it. It... All the characters do the voices. Some really ridiculous, ridiculous situations happen, but for the for the most part, it's sort of that '80s Scooby Doo Saturday morning cartoonish feel to it with Star Trek characters. I I, lo- I personally do love it. I I find it very entertaining. I rewatch that more than I watch like I mean from beginning to end to the series than I watch the original series. I like the original series better, but to me that kind of animation is very nostalgic for me to shows like Space Ghost and things like that. The original Space Ghost, the Malfoy's Falcon, things like that. So we got two votes or one and a half votes for the animated series. We got one very interesting vote for The Next Generation. And I'm going to try to bring up our comment that we had. Not The Next Generation, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I messed up. Not the next generation. We got one very interesting vote for Enterprise. Now, this is what the person uh, person I met at Pax East, a very 
awesome dude named Christopher. Um, Christopher said, I am for Enterprise. It's the only series that had a continuous story plot in the third season. For whatever reason, Star Trek's fans hated it. Honestly, that's what Star Trek needs more of. Boom. Now, Chris, I respect your opinion. I, I, I commented back, so... So this is already here, what I'm basically about to say. I couldn't agree with you more. I think Star Trek does need more ongoing storylines, but you are missing the boat on something, sir. Now, I do credit Enterprise for doing what you said, for especially after season three, having like ongoing storylines. I find season three and four, what I've seen to be much more much more watchable than seasons one, and specifically seasons one, and parts of season two as well. But... <laughs> Deep Space Nine did it, too. Don't mean to do a little Simpsons did it, but you said no other Star Trek series. Deep Space Nine definitely did it and obviously influenced Enterprise to want to hook on to something that worked. And, And if you haven't, I do highly recommend watching Deep Space Nine. I think you will enjoy it a lot more than Voyager or Next Generation if you're looking for ongoing storylines, both Voyager and Next Generation were would had have episode arcs, but would not have don't have overall arcs except for maybe the Q things. But whatever, <laughs> whatever. We talked about that before. Back to the list. So I respect you for voting Enterprise and being very public about it. Why do Star Trek fans not like Enterprise? Do you really want to know? Like I mentioned before, I think it all has to do with the stupid theme song. I think it threw people off. Because say what you want about Deep Space Nine and, and Voyager, they might not have had the traditional space, the final frontier, these are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise crap. But they did have interesting Star Trekky like theme songs going on. Especially, obviously, I especially enjoy the Deep Space Nine one, both versions. Uh, the one that just starts out with the piccolo trumpet at the beginning, and then the one that's much bigger orchestration. But And, and I enjoy the Voyager theme as well. I'm not as familiar with it, but... Okay, now next we got three votes for the original series. Only three votes for the original series. I would have thought, I mean, maybe if a, if a few more people of a different generation listened to my show or commented and voted, we, uh, we probably would have had a few more votes for the original series. That being said, I, I'm, I respect that some people that is the Star Trek to them. And I think a lot of people, we're going to get into movies a bit more next time. Uh, I mean, I talked to him, I talked to you about my interests, but about what your interests in Star Trek is. I'm going to put out movies for next week, what your favorite movie is. I think a lot of people group their love for those original movies and those original characters and give that credit to the original series. And I think in some cases, people that never even watched the original series. I'm not saying that's true for everybody, but I have bumped into some people that are like, oh, and I was one of those people that was like, I love the original cast. They're my favorite. And people are like, oh, you like the original series, The Next Generation? And I'm like, oh, I've never actually seen the original series. I just like the characters. So, yeah, that's more my own thing, I guess. So, here we go. We have, we have three more and two spots, the number two and number one. Now, our no, at number two, receiving... Five votes, we have, and this was a lot of people's second favorite, a lot of people that voted for what's our number one, which uh, a lot of you will be able to figure that out already, a lot of people that voted for our number one mentioned this being their second favorite, and at number two, we have my favorite, I voted for it, Deep Space Nine, yes, that's 
I talked enough about Deep Space Nine, but that would be number two on a lot of people's lists. And, of course, number one with seven votes. Oh, excuse me, eight votes. Star Trek. With people that I'm not even friends with voting for it. (laughs) People that aren't even fans of my show went out of their way to vote for this one. Star Trek The Next Generation with Data, the superhero. So that there you have it, folks. Oh, we missed one. Oh, we missed one. That's right, folks. Voyager. Guess how many votes Voyager. Guess who admitted to me that Voyager was their favorite of all the Star Treks? Yeah, that's right. Zero. zippity doo Zippity-yay. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. Yep, nobody. <laughs> 366 people saw my post. Zero people wanted to uh, put put it out there on a limb that Voyager was their favorite. Hmm. And people want to claim that Enterprise killed Star Trek. I'm I still think Voyager, being at the time that Voyager came out, being what it was, I think more than anything else that killed Star Trek, made people very angry, as Voyager tended to do at times. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the first episode, or well. You know, not the first issues issues program, the first episode of this month's Star Trek month. And every episode this week will be dedicated to Star Trek. So download these episodes, please. Ladies and gentlemen, please also check out my friends at the Boston Bastard Brigade, the Land of Esh, and check out their EGM Now page for all awesome video game articles and such. Check out fellow issueite, <laughs> issueite, friend of the issues program, John C. Riley and Jace Down Studios. Like them on Facebook, please. And also, I'm, I mentioned this in the first take of my intro, but I'll do it right now as well. I got some exciting news this week, as some of you might have seen me posting about it. Not only am I lucky to have the Electric Sisterhood create an amazing website for me and, and host my podcast and, and promote my articles that I write, John C. Riley from Jace Down Studios and myself got an amazing opportunity. We got together a couple weeks ago to record for fun a Let's Play Battle Royal. And we decided that we'd get together and record a bunch of them just for fun uh, of us competing against video games to bring back local multiplayer. Too much online gaming these days. Not enough people getting together and playing and competing like the old days where you get so angry you throw your controller across the room you punch the guy that's sitting next to you. You know those days, the good times. So JCR and I decided to sort of bring that back for our own entertainment and post a lot of uh, post our videos on YouTube and stuff. So we made our first one, which was a shit ton of fun doing. It was a really great afternoon. And uh, we posted it online, and a good friend, a friend of John's who runs an amazing website called Structure Gaming saw the video, enjoyed what we did, and asked us to join the team over at Structure Gaming for on their YouTube page and uh, and. Yeah, we got together, recorded two. One, one we had a couple of technical difficulties that might be seen later as an Easter egg somewhere uh, that that I have in my possession. And then we also won one no technical difficulties. You can find it online right now on Structure Gaming YouTube page. Under uh, we have our own playlist. The show is called One Versus One, and we face off in WWE All Stars. I uh, I didn't even realize it at the time, but a very uh, very underground cult wrestling game. A lot of people claim it's the one of the best games that a game that really deserved a sequel. And I'd never even really heard about it before, other than p- briefly playing the demo. 
uh, a while ago. And and you can see John C. Riley and I face off in that and see who the winner is, who wins the crown. And John also took our pilot episode, which was the uh, basketball game that we played, NBA Jam, and edited it down to a 20-minute version with a little message for you guys that's also up there as well for our which is kind of our second episode which is really our pilot so you know go go what you will and we'll be recording some more this weekend and please if anybody has any ideas any games you want us to play compete against each other or work in and and as a team we're going to be doing some team stuff and some four player things you know bringing in other people as well we're going to be like one of those couples that swings we're going to bring in like two more people you know one versus one versus two versus yeah one versus a hundred <laughs> But, but yeah, so bring it, bring, you know, email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com or send a message to Jstown Studios or the Issues Facebook page, Issues Program Facebook page, and let us know or tweet at us, igotissuesman at Jstown Studios, and let us know what games you would like to see. We have access to pretty much every single console ever made, and we even have a Dreamcast at our, at our disposal, so at our disposal yeah we have a dreamcast we're about to put down the disposal so any games you guys are curious about or want to see just make the requests and we will work on making it happen on renting or or temporarily buying the game that we need to play and we will do it that's that's that folks so thank you for tuning in you can check out my podcasts and news articles at issuesprogram.com and like i said please check out my uh mine and jc uh, JCR's videos. <laughs> See, it's horrible. Because of his brief name change during the Dark Ages when he went to JC Sargent, I always want to, like, I'm immediately, I had to condition myself from saying JCR or John C. Riley. And initially, when I first met him, he didn't want to be called John C. Riley. He just wanted John Riley. This is actually the third name change I've had to deal with this son of a bitch. So it makes sense why I stutter your name sometimes, buddy. <laughs> but, but yes, please check out our videos on Structure Gaming YouTube page of one versus one. We've a lot of we're having a lot of fun making them, so we hope you guys have some fun watching them as well. And please give uh, that page a subscribe as well. It only helps us out. So help us out. We're poor, we're useless, we need all the help we can get. We're just simple homemade podcasters doing our thing and we wanna we wanna grow so we can give you guys more content. So thank you very much everybody. Tune in next week for the next episode of Star Trek Month. Later, everybody.